0: Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 4. This is actually a somewhat strange passage for us here at Renewing the Center. We're going to look at the first murder in the Bible, um, which actually was a brother killing a brother, Cain, killing Abel. So I'm going to read and then we're going to pray. And then we're just going to spend some time thinking about what a passage like this has to say to us and about us. Now, the man knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, for his part, brought of the firstlings of his flock their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, "'Why are you angry?' And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go out into the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength, and you will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Today you have driven me away from the soil, and I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And anyone who meets me may kill me. And then the Lord said to him, Not so. Whoever kills Cain will suffer a sevenfold vengeance. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one who came upon him would kill him. And then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, I pray for my friends wherever they are. In their cars or on a walk or in a devotional space or at work. Lord, I pray that you would give us the grace to hear hard things from the Bible today. God, that we would think and reflect deeply about what it means to be human, what it means to be fallen, and what we can do about that, how we can live in communion with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The book of Genesis, and I, I don't think we spend as Christians enough time in Genesis because we don't know what to do with it. The stories just seem so strange to us. The the book of Genesis is a story about God's intention in creation, and it's also a story about people, about people like you and me, uh, vulnerable, fallen people, and what happens when we are living in a fallen state, what loss of relationship with God looks like in the midst of sin. And so I think we're invited here to sit with a really stark reality, which is this, the first human family, the first two siblings to live on earth, one murdered the other. Here at the very beginning of our Bible, far from being a pristine philosophical book, we see death and insecurity and violence and revenge enter the human story. And I just want you to stop and think about that for a moment. We have been struggling. In relationship in family and friendship all the way back to the beginning it's been really hard to be in relationship for many of us during this pandemic and a lot of other people I'm hearing have experienced a lot of fracture and stress in relationships due to political divisions and difference in friendship and family I once heard somebody say do you know why Jesus said he would be present when two or three Christians gathered they joked and said um, Half seriously, it's because he knew he needed to start, uh, he need to uh, break up a fight. The reality is that it's easy for us to divide. Difference is really difficult. And that's the first thing we see in this passage is that Abel was a keeper of uh, sheep and Cain was a tiller of the ground. These two brothers were good at different things. They were wired and gifted differently. And difference created room for hostility to emerge. And as we see this in our Bibles, I think that we see at the very, very beginning of the story what we experience in our own relationships, which is that when I am different, wired differently, when I look differently from someone else, that that can breed a kind of space that creates room for hostility. And that's part of what we see here at the very beginning of our Bible. Abel, Abel brought the meat and Cain brought veggies and bread. And we're told that the Lord did not regard Cain's offering. Does God simply prefer meat to vegetables or to wheat? No, that's not what it is. God says to Cain when he becomes angry, these words, Why are you angry and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? What we see there in Plain language at the beginning of our Bible is that God didn't objectively prefer one offering to the other. There was something about Cain's attitude or heart disposition that actually the Lord was trying to correct. He said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? There was a heart issue at play here. God wasn't just happier with one offering over another. He exhorted Cain to change his heart, to change his behavior, and that he would then be accepted. He would regard his offering. See, I believe that when we live our lives, the Lord is always looking at our hearts. He's not just looking at your talents. He's not just looking at how you're wired differently from the person next to you. He's looking at what's going on inside your heart as you offer yourself to him and to the world. And when we get off track, like Cain, we are given a loving loving warning. God doesn't just shame Cain. He looks at him and says, If you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. So we have to see here in Cain's life, as is true in our own life, that God alerts him to the fact that he's entering into dangerous territory, that sin is lurking at his door. And the same is true for you and me. When we get into that danger zone regarding sin, when our attitude begins to fester, when our heart disposition begins to grow darker and darker, the Lord gives us warning signs and warning signals. They happen. But we have to pay attention and listen to these warnings. It's one of the reasons why we call you here to a reflective life, because if you don't stop and reflect, you'll miss or not just simply not heed the warning signs I believe that all of us have um, little red lights that occasionally blink on the dashboard of our lives. Maybe it's feedback from a loved one. Maybe it's stress and uh, anxiety uh, manifesting in your body. Maybe it's coping mechanisms that are less than healthy beginning to manifest in your life. There are little warning signs that tell us that sin is lurking at the door, that its desires to master us, but that we have a responsibility. Frankly, we have a choice to make. And I would just ask you right now, like Cain, are there signals blinking on the dashboard of your life at this time? Are there warning signs that you're entering into a kind of dangerous territory? See, God warned Cain, and I think he does you and me as we live our lives. We just have to pay attention and have the humility and the courage to acknowledge those warnings. See, there's a diminishing and a damaging potential of sin. I love the image that God uses when he speaks lovingly to Cain. Before Cain commits murder, he says to him, sin is lurking at your door. This picture of a threat, an enemy, a predator, because that's what sin is. See, for Cain, his response when his offering was not regarded was not to look inside but to feel sorry for himself and to blame his brother and God. See, when there's an indication that things are not going well in your life or mine, the invitation is always first to look inward and see where we might need to repent and change, not to look externally. See, Cain's big mistake was that he externalized rather than looking inside and asking God what he wanted to teach him. See, Cain blew through the warning signs. It was as if God put speed bumps in front of him. And I think he does the same for you and for me. And the Lord wanted to slow Cain down, but he just continued ahead and he begins to seek revenge. So what does he do? He invites his brother into the field, into his territory, and he kills him. He rises up in rage and he makes a bad thing worse. And this is what happens to many of us. We may not murder our adversary, but we do sometimes compound our problems and make bad situations worse because we don't actually take the time to reflect and listen to the warning signs. So Cain blows through the warning signs. See, it was bad enough that his heart was not in the right place. Now he goes even further. We used to say with our kids, you know, occasionally they would get a case of the I can't help it's where they just get going and then it's almost impossible to stop the bad behavior. So these first siblings, one of them murders the other. And I think you could argue that the blood on the ground has been crying out ever since. This act of self-preservation, of self-justification, rather than reflective repentance, actually makes a a fundamental break occur in the human situation. So I want to ask you this. How often do we allow our behaviors to compound in negative ways when we feel um, spurned or left out? How often, rather than putting our feelings before God and other people, being honest and open and transparent, do we uh, build defense mechanisms and then ultimately lash out in self-preservation, even violence, emotional violence or or physical violence? See, we may not murder, but we all are probably guilty of making things worse by not stopping and paying attention and then not repenting when we know things have got off track. So I would just ask you, if things gotten away from you lately— We're here at the very beginning of a new year, and many of us have just spent a lot of time with family and um, been cooped up in a house during a weird time, and maybe you weren't at your best during that time. What might the Lord be wanting you to see and admit rather than compound a negative situation and make it worse? See, how might Cain have arrested the process? I think he could have stopped and listened. He could have listened. God was giving him invitation after invitation to stop. And he just didn't heed those invitations. So where might he be asking you to arrest some negative processes that might be at play in your own life? See, God invites us to give an account when we sin. And I love the fact that God actually, after Cain sins, after he murders his brother Abel, the Lord inquires, he presses Cain. He asks him to give an account. See, the Lord cares too much about you to leave you where you are when things go wrong. But rather than repent, what does Cain do? He says this famous words, am I my brother's keeper? Well, the answer is yes, Cain, you are your brother's keeper. But what Cain was trying to say is I'm not responsible for the life of another. He doubles down when he's confronted by God. And I can think in my own life, the times when the Lord would lovingly rebuke me. I have a choice as to whether I'm going to double down in my own self-preservation, deflecting, blaming behavior, or if I'm going to take that as an opportunity to say I repent. I don't know what would have happened, y'all, but I wonder how might Cain's story and our story have been somewhat different if he in this moment had said, I've sinned. I think of Peter When he had betrayed Jesus, and he is confronted with sin by Jesus later, he looks at him and says, what happened? And Peter, rather than defending himself, just says, Lord, you know. What would have happened if Cain had said, Lord, you know? I'm so sorry. Maybe there would have been a redemptive arc in that moment. We'll never know. But what we do know is that Cain doubles down. And what we also know is that if we're not careful, we also sometimes double down in our sin. And here's where the story ends, at least this portion of the story. There are some long-term consequences to sin, and some of us right now are probably feeling some of these consequences. There are three that are named here. Number one, work will be difficult says that the ground, Cain, is always going to fight back against you. It's not going to bear its strength in terms of fruit. You're going to have a hard time in your work. The second one is that Cain would lose a home, a sense of home, a sense of belonging. He would live, as John Steinbeck so famously said, east of Eden, outside of home. And then thirdly, Cain is marked. There's an indicator that he's not who he wants to be. And I've been thinking about this in my own life. What, what must it have been like for Cain to go to Nod and settle east of Eden, a place that's sort of off to the side of where he knew he really belonged? See, if we're honest, that's where we're all living. Uh, that was what Steinbeck was trying to say in his, um, in my opinion, uh, his best book. Um, east of Eden is my favorite uh, piece of fiction of all time if you've never read it. Uh, bless you. Go pick it up today and read that story. But we're all living east of Eden. And I would argue to you that the whole story of the Bible is one of us being at home and being expelled from home, and then the Lord redeeming us in order to bring us back to a place of home. And that's where your story's headed if you follow the Lord. That's where your story's headed if you're willing to reflect even in your sin and say, God, have mercy on me. So today I would call you To ask the Lord for his grace and his mercy and his kindness. Father, I pray for my friends. I ask you to give us an awareness of our sins so that we might receive from you grace and forgiveness so that we might be led back to places of rest and belonging home. Have mercy on us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you resonate with what you've heard today, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Renewing the Center. God bless you, and we look forward to having you back with us next time.